good morning good evening good afternoon wherever you're watching us from welcome to our broadcast and the lord has got a great great word for your blessing and today i'm just overjoyed to be in the presence of the lord and i want to just share with you the message i feel the lord has laid on my heart after last week's broadcast the lord kept reminding me again of something that I have taught, especially in my church over the years. Probably it wasn't the season then, but now is the season for that word. I want to bring it back once again and pray that the spirit of the living God shall capture your heart, but much more shall grant you wisdom and understanding so that you can apply the word of the Lord. Good preaching is not just to be enjoyed, it is to be adhered to. There is something the Lord beyond your celebration and the hype that comes with any revelation. You need to practice what the Lord is saying to you. You need to get that word, run with the word, because it's the word that God wants you that will cover your, your season. So today is a wonderful day, and I'm grateful for the team that has been working behind the scenes tirelessly to make sure that we are online every time. And we are very, very grateful for all the responses that we are getting and the viewership that has extended to the outermost parts of the world. May the Lord bless you today, and remember, it is your time to thrive. Let us just pray as we go into the Word. Heavenly Father, today I take authority over the four quarters of the heavens. I speak in the name of Jesus, that Lord, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus be now released from the four quarters of the heavens upon your people to release the spirit of life in every dry situation, every impossible situation, shall come alive with the power of the sovereign God. I pray, my Father, in Jesus' holy precious name, that your kingdom shall reign, your word shall be supreme in the situations of your people. And I pray, O oh Lord, that in Jesus' holy precious name, there will be a turnaround for the situations in people's lives. There will be turnarounds in the lives of your people. And that they shall have the joy of God instead of mourning. They shall be praised of God and there shall be a lifting that shall come to your people. And so I bless your people. I declare the heavens are open for them. In every environment and territory of God, in every geographical positioning throughout the world, I speak and open heavens for your blessing, open heavens for your favor, open heavens for your goodness may you arise in jesus holy precious name and now i release the angels that do according to the bidding of god's word now to work for you even as the word is being released to you let the angels of the living god run with this word and bring its promises and its principles to you alive in jesus holy precious name and the saints that believe the word of God shout a bigger amen and amen. I am preaching from the book of Genesis, 
this lovely day. But I want to start from the book of Exodus before I go to Genesis. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. We have the story of Moses, the servant of the living God. Exodus chapter 3 and verses 2. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, that is unto Moses, in a flame of fire. <laughs> out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed so there is a burning fire and there is a consuming fire our God in Hebrews 12:29 is known as a consuming fire. There are things that seem like they are burning everything around us. Well, thank God there is a consuming fire who is above the burning fire. This was burning, but was not being consumed. What a phenomenon. What an experience. What an encounter. Something out of the normal. And verse 3 says, And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not bent. That's, that's the first and most important thing that I need you to understand. You see, we are in a season where certain things are being eliminated from our lives so that we can have the less baggage as we transcend into what God is and has prepared for us. I have to repeat that. This is a season of elimination. There are things obviously in your life that God doesn't want to remain the same. Excuse me. <coughs> so there are things in your life that God doesn't want to remain the same. I repeat. There are things in your life that doesn't, God doesn't want to remain the same. And this is the season where it shall be eliminated from your life because it has outlived its usefulness in your life. And therefore, in this season, God wants you to be, you know, in a place where you are light as you are going into his promises. He doesn't want you to carry the baggage that slowed you down in the previous years. He doesn't want you to carry the baggage that resisted you from moving into the promises that God has for you. And so this is a very important time that you pay attention, especially to the voice of God. And sometimes situations that he allows in your life, they come to get rid of certain things that are a baggage, that are a weight, and that keeps you heavy and slow you from moving into the things that God has for you. And so my prayer is that you have the wisdom and the understanding to ask God to help you see things that need to be eliminated from your life. Some things may not just even be sinful things. They will just be good things, not right things for the season. So you have to look at those things as God will help you. Now, here is Moses. He has a very amazing encounter. We have a global Thing that has happened in the nations. This is not something that you can just glance over and pass by. No, this is something that must cause you to turn. 
in the same way that this unusual experience happened to Moses. And the first thing in verse 3 that Moses does after this unusual experience is he turns. He turns to consider what this means. In this season, when there is a global slowdown because of the COVID-19, this is a time for you and for me to also turn. You have to turn and consider what does this mean? What is happening? There's never been a time like this in our history, especially with us younger generation, when we have experienced this global phenomenon. And in this situation, each one of us must turn, but we must turn to God. We must turn to God. That's the first and most important thing. Moses turned, and you must turn. I must turn. That word turning, it means repentance. So there is also something that is very cardinal in our time. That this is a time also the Holy Ghost is tagging at your heart. That these are unusual days. These are not just normal times that we are in. This is, this is the time that is leading to the fulfillment of prophecy or things that God has already been speaking to through the mouth of the prophets, through the mouth of the teachers, the, the evangelists and the pastors. This that thing that God has been declaring to you, speaking to you, reminding you. And it's a time now you need to turn to God and come into a place of repentance towards God. I repeat, may you turn. As a husband, this is a time for you to turn. Turn from the path that was slowing you down. A path that was leading you astray. As a wife, turn away from all those things. As a child in the house, turn away. As a nation, let's also turn away from everything that God does not approve and tend to everything that God is proving. It's a time for you to turn to God and the best way to turn is obviously with humility in your heart and repentance towards God. God wants you to be a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous child and a righteous nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Righteousness exalts the land or exalts the nation but sin is a reproach to any people so every time you turn there is an exaltation that comes there is a lifting that comes there is a flow of God's favor that comes upon your life because you are turning to him and every time you turn to him he turns to you and when he turns to you he shows you his kindness he shows you his mercy now I'm praying today that all of you are watching me. It's a time to turn. Let your business turn to God. Don't just run after the prophets. God, yes, said I will teach you in the way of prophet. So those prophets are not just coming. There is someone who has been teaching you to profit with. Concerning the works of your hand. So this is a time that also your business must have God. Your career must have God as priority. And so it's very, very important that we turn away from our self-seeking and self-saving agendas that have never promoted the agenda of God. This is a time God must be priority in your life. Turn to God. 
as Moses turned and the angel and the Lord met, met him and gave him a word for his life. So I want to start by urging you that do not ignore this which is happening around us. Don't just think this is just one of those things. No, in it, you turn to God. In it, you turn your whole family to God. In it, you turn your whole business to God. In it, you turn your whole career to God. God must be the covering foundation of everything that you are, you do, you be in this life. And that's very, very important. But when you go to Genesis 6, I want to speak to you. I have not moved away from the storm. In it, I still come back to the storm. But in history, we see a world phenomenon, a, a, a global storm that hit the earth at that time. And that's, I want to borrow something from there to explain what God has laid in my heart for you. And this is a time of Noah. For those of you unfamiliar with Noah, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 6. Book of Genesis chapter 6. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them. Now, all kinds of wickedness came into the earth. I will jump that and go to verse 9. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, or favor. This is my prayer for you. In this time, may you find favor before God. It's okay to find favor before people, but it's much more powerful when your life has found favor before God. It doesn't matter what has been taken away from you, what you are not seeing, what you are not having. When you have found favor before God, there is a restoration of all good things. Our God is the restorer of the years the cankerworms have eaten. The caterpillars, the locusts, and the grasshoppers have eaten. He is the restorer. So sometimes you find yourself in a place where the restoration, where the only way out is to find God's favor. And God's favor will heal you. God's favor will deliver you. God's favor will restore you. So there is a restoration. But God's favor will also save you. <laughs> And so Moses found favor. I would rather find favor before God than before man. Because when I have favor with God, God gives me favor with man. And God gives me favor with my enemies. <laughs> Scripture says that when your ways are pleasing to the Lord, God makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. So my enemies are not an issue in this time. But it's, it's my posture before God. I need to make sure that in my life, I posture my life in a way that I find favor with God. Because favor will open me, open for me those that I never thought are possible. So Moses found favor before God. And verse 9 says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man or was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Excellent. And Noah walked with God. Now, here is something. 
heaven was positioning itself to release the news to someone on the earth because there was something that was about to happen in the whole world. <laughs> something was about to happen in the whole world. Now, God can speak to you before the storm. God can also speak to you in the storm and God can also still speak to you after the storm. He's not limiting. The power of the storm can never block the voice of God. Did you hear what I said? And so before the storm came in the earth, God had to find himself a man to warn what was about to come in the whole world. And the man God found in Genesis 6 verse 9 says, Noah was a righteous man. That's why I began by saying, it's time for us to turn unto righteousness. The spirit of the Lord all over the world will begin tagging at our hearts to come back to a walk of righteousness, to be right with God, to promote righteousness. First of all, when you are born again, uh, there is the righteousness of Christ Jesus that is in you. You are already righteous. But there is a, a way in which you deliberately now have to walk by faith in this way of right standing with God. And so your whole life must now be in right standing with God, our great Father. And so when God was about to do something in the earth, he had to find himself a man, a man who walked with him. Now, I said in some previous sessions that when you walk with God, it means you work with God. You cannot walk with God without working with God. So God had to find himself someone who had to cooperate with him, who had to work with him concerning what God was about to do. Now, the Lord as much as he loves us, he also wants us to be a people that hear him. Now, in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, let's build up there. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, God says something that's very powerful, which is very, very important. He says, surely, this is not a maybe, this is not an if, surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret or his plan unto his servants the prophets so before god does something he reveals he reveals what he wants to do he gives his plan what we may call a secret his counsel to who to his servants people who have a servant heart People who are submitted to him, his prophets. Why? Because a prophet is 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 nabi, meaning uh, a younger to the superior who speaks the words of the superior. And so God, who is the superior father, gives words to a mom and says, "You herald this word. You speak this word. This is what's about to happen." And so God finds himself Noah and gives him the word and says, Noah, I want you to know this era which you have known as you have known it is about to pass. 
I'm about to bring in a new era. I'm about to cause a reset to happen in the whole world. Things will change. They will never be the way you have always known them to be. And this was not easy news to receive. One could easily doubt, am I hearing God? But I like Noah's response. The Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, even this news, which was very hard for Noah at the time, it's easier for us because it has passed and we can read it as history. But for Noah, <laughs> it was not easy. What did you say, God? I'm going to cause rain to come upon the earth and there are going to be floods. It, this is a storm that has never been. This is going to happen. So I want to give you an instruction. I want you to build a boat. I want to give you something that you must do for your preservation. Wow. This is before the storm. And the Bible in Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, By faith, being warned of God. So it's possible for God to warn you before something happens. It's possible the voice of the Holy Ghost to make you aware of what is about to happen. Very, very possible. And so, God being warned of God, things not seen as yet. Wow. This is something that has never happened in the earth before. And it's always very difficult for you to believe something like this, especially something that has not yet been seen. You need faith. And in this season, faith is cardinal. You cannot cast away your faith. Faith is believing and is speaking. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith is believing and speaking. What you have believed, you must speak. This is not a season when you shut. No, this is a season you open up with everything that you have believed. It now must be spoken up. In the name of Jesus. Don't speak anything else. Speak that which is of faith. Which is of the word. So if you believe God is able to save. Speak your salvation. Speak your deliverance. Speak your prosperity. Speak your peace. Speak your protection. God is able to protect you. But I like this. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By faith, <laughs> Noah being warned of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his grace, of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, this is King James Version. So the English there is not like we were taught in, in school. <laughs> but I like this. He was moved by faith because God spoke. And he obeyed God to do what? To begin to build an ark. 
Today, I've got an ark as an example for you. That which God told Noah to build. Now, this is something very, very powerful. It had never rained in the earth. And God says, build me an ark. Build me an ark. Build a boat for me. Alright? I'll put it on the side. Hoping the camera can catch that. Now, this is something powerful. Something amazing. By faith, Noah was warned about something that had not yet been seen in the earth. And with this holy fear, this is not the fear of running away from the enemy. This is the holy fear that came upon him. He began to build an ark. And God says, this ark or this boat which you are going to build, it shall save your family. And the Bible is very simple, nothing complicated. Genesis 6 verse 8. I'm going somewhere because this is very important. Genesis chapter 6 verse 18. Genesis chapter 6 verse 18. There the scripture shows us the powerful things that the, is telling us. In Genesis chapter 6 and verses 18. Please follow with me as we go through the word. But with thee, this is God coming again to this man, a righteous man, a man who was working with God, a man was working with God, cooperating with God. Because there's going to be a reset in the whole world. Everything that he had known was going to change in a few days' time. And God comes to warn him to prepare him before the storm comes. And verse 18 says, But with thee I will I establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Amazing. God wanted to preserve his covenant. Again, God wanted to pre preserve, to protect, to cover his covenant child, him and his family. Because of Noah's work, his family was saved. His family was covered. His family was preserved. The word did not come to every member of the family, but he was the head of the family. My appeal is to also the head of families. That you have to be in a place where you now have a relationship with God. Where God begins to help you to herald the word of God. To proclaim the word. For the salvation, preservation and deliverance of the generation of your children. children. And God is marking you that you be a covenant child of God. One who keeps the covenant with God. And this is the man he chose. So Noah built the ark. But God did not, Noah did not just build the ark. God gave him a design. Or God gave him a blueprint. 
says this is how you are going to build this thing. Designers know to build this, it takes skill. It takes hard work. But God, Noah had never seen a boat before because there was no need for one up until this time in the earth. There were no boats. <laughs> Just because it has not been invented doesn't mean it cannot be given to you. Ooh. So there is a spirit of innovation that the Holy Ghost can pass on to you. We cannot just get stuck with what is now present in the nations as the only things. No. God can give you a blueprint of something that becomes a covering and a preserving agent for many people in the years to come. So in this time when the spirit of the Lord is moving, you also have to open up to the spirit of innovation, to creativity, to an entrepreneurial spirit. He can plant an idea in your life that which can be a covering for the family in years to come during the storm. Oh, I didn't get an amen there. Amen. <laughs> The Lord is wonderful and the Lord is precious. And so God helps him, his covenant son, and he gives him this blueprint. He says, I want you to make it this way, dimensions this way, the rooms must be this way, and the length must be this way, the height must be this way. A powerful blueprint God gives him. This is very, very important. And I'm praying for the Holy Ghost now to begin giving blueprints to you my God Father I pray for your people that in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ that none shall be stuck that Lord you give them blueprints creative designs innovations ideas things that they can do with their heart which will become a preserving power, a covering power, the one that begins to provide for your people in this season of this new time, in this new era. Not knowing how things will change, how things will be, but knowing you who is before tomorrow. Because you are the Alpha and you are the Omega. I'm praying for your people to come, oh God, into that time, oh God, where they begin to cooperate with you, begin to work with you as they work and walk with you. I'm praying, oh God, in the same way, Father, that you found a man faithful, a man who had found favor in your sight and warned him of what was coming, a global storm. And yet you gave him a design this is amazing, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Yet you gave him a design. You gave him a blueprint. Something that he can use to cover his family with in the store. My God. Something that he can do in his human ability. And yet it's a creative plan of God that is meant to save his family during the storm. There is a word of God 
that is meant to preserve you during the storm, after the storm, before the storm. There is the mind of God that he will plant even before I finish this service today. God's going to plant something within you that is going to stay with you and is going to push it as a blueprint in you. No matter what shakes around you, no matter what is falling around you, this thing will not be shaken because it's a heaven's desire to plant it in the hearts of his covenant children for their preservation, for their protection, for their promise, ah, whoo, for their provision. It's going to be planted. Even as you are hearing, something is being ignited. Or something that has already been planted in you and you have forgotten about it. As you turn to God, God will begin to cause that thing to come as fire within you. In the name of Jesus. Some ideas that God gave you, you wrote them down and gave up on them. And now you are even considering the storm and you think, no, no, when shall it be done? Now is the time first to begins by your turning and turning to God and then God allowing his word and his seed to be planted in you. My God, the fire of the Holy Ghost shall plant something in you. Something that the storm can't kill because it's a God design. It's a God idea. It's a creative business from God. The storm cannot kill it. This is what God was doing to this man. Last week the Lord began to remind me of this and, and say this, this, this is the word I taught you about the altar. But before I get to that, I want to show you something. In Genesis chapter 7, again verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, my God, Makorobo And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation so he found him to be righteous in a wicked generation and God says to him go into this boat apart from the animals he told him to go in with he says I want you to go in with your family God wants your family preserved God wants your family covered. God wants your family protected. Nothing shall happen to your family by faith if you can speak, if you can believe it. Nothing shall happen to your family in the name of Jesus. I repeat once again as God said, nothing shall happen to your family. No matter how big the storm, how the mountain is, nothing shall happen to your family. Because God has found you faithful because you are listening to this word and now you are turning to God. As you are turning to God, God is giving you grace. <laughs> Paul said, the grace of God has made me to be what I am. So this grace is not just for you to do things. This grace is also to make you the particular person God wants you to be. This grace will make you what others never thought you can ever be in this life. My God. Storm on a storm, God will make you. God will make you. God will make you and you shall do incredible things. Amazing things. Why? Because you are, 
you are processed by heaven you have come from the incubation of heaven's delight in the name of Jesus and so God tells him go in you and your family because I found you to be righteous the righteousness of this era will preserve you your righteousness in God that through Christ Jesus and if you can walk in righteousness there is a preservation for your family in the name of Jesus so when you walk with God God can give you an instruction that can be a covering for your family during the storm yes things have changed and I doubt whether some things will ever be the same because this is a new era and no one knows exactly how certain things will be how economically certain things will be for the nations our education system uh-huh yes our education system have also gone in what you may call a reset <laughs> our political system have also gone in a reset our economical system has also gone in a reset so no one exactly can tell you to detail how things will be after the storm but it's a new era and you can be in the midst of it thriving when you pay attention to the instruction of God so Noah was instructed because he walked with God he worked with God he cooperated with God he had an intimate relationship with God God was able to give him an instruction for his preservation an instruction for your preservation an instruction for your covering in the storm an instruction for your covering after the storm God can give you that instruction I'm praying that may your ear open to the instruction God is giving you write it down document it don't just think it's your mind playing tricks with you there is something God is incubating in you it's an instruction for your covering an instruction for your preservation powerful so I pray that God gives you that but when you look at the boat that Noah made this is not exactly the the boat Noah this is just for you know uh, words are important because they leave images so I just want to help even the children that are watching this is not like the Noah's boat this is this is my boat <laughs> this is my boat <laughs> this is my boat <laughs> so I'm not sharing this is my boat <laughs> Yeah, this is mine. But God gave him to build something like that. And he built a boat. This which he built, number one, was for his preservation. Listen, very important. When he went in, the Bible says God shut the door. When no one knew the animals that God told him to get into the boat, went in. And the, the Bible says God, it was God who shut the door. He shut them in. Very important. I've heard powerful servants of the Lord that have preached on this message. Very important. But the, the thing I want you to see is, he's in the boat with his family and the animals. But this boat was for protection. If Noah did not receive the instruction, the word of God, he was not going to be protected during the storm. 
if he had argued and ignored the instruction and says, hey, such thing has never happened before. Surely. Can God provide manna in the desert? <laughs> the Israelites also reasoned. Every time you go into the sense realm, you miss God's instruction. I repeat. Stay in the faith realm. Don't go in the reason realm. Stay in the faith realm. And have people that are in the faith realm. When he built this, this was for his protection. It was for his preservation. It was the thing that God was going to use, even the storm was going to use to carry him to the new era, to the new promise. So there is something when you obey that instruction, when you keep that which he has given you, God uses that to preserve you, to, to give a covering over you, to protect you, to allow his presence to dwell with you and bring you into the land of promise. So here's the thing. Even though there was a storm, God knew that his covenant child shall be taken to the other side. He's still going to go into my promises. Listen to me. The storm does not cancel God's promises over your life. The storm cannot cancel and defeat the prophetic word God has given you. You cannot stop planning because of the storm, because of the crisis. No, no, no. Keep that which he has planted in you by faith. Let it stay alive. Now, here's the thing. Every animal, if you notice, every animal that God told Noah to take with in the boat was paired. And the way it was paired was male, female. Very important. It was paired. Everything that went in and everything that came out after the storm was paired for reproduction after the storm. Ooh. In other words, nothing was ending in the storm. <laughs> nothing is ending in the storm, in the COVID era. Nothing is ending. Uh -uh. There is something, the power of God's word in your life, God knew, he says, yes, the storm has come. Everything around is now flooded and has died. But that's not the end. That's not the end of your business. That's not the end of your career. That's not the end of your dream, my God. That's not the end of your aspirations. Take a leaf from God giving Noah that instruction. There was preservation. But... Before preservation, God allowed these animals that were paired so that once the storm is over, they can reproduce. There is life after the storm. <laughs> there is life after the storm. The storm is not about loss. It's about promise. For you is a covenant child. I repeat. The storm for you is a covenant child of God. 
is not about loss. It's about promise. You will still get into the promise. The promises still exist in your life. It's a faith walk. The righteous, the just shall live by. Did I hear what is it? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So, God paid all animals to preserve a seed. Listen to me. God prepared or paid all animals to preserve a seed from its kind. Why? The seed was going to be preserved to start a new beginning. Yeah. Because everything had died from the storm. It was a, a reset. It was a new thing. And so God in his wisdom paired things for reproduction so he can have seed. And the seed was going to begin a new beginning, a new era. Something still was going to be born even though something had died. That's why I was saying God will always have an equal balance in the earth. Time to be born and time to die. Time to plant, time to harvest. There is always an equal balance. So here's the thing. And, and the seed was going to start a new beginning. Crisis does not end production. Encourage all leaders worldwide who are overwhelmed with this. As you turn to God... Crisis will not end production. <laughs> Your business will still be productive. Your career will still be productive. There will still be a need for you. In the name of Jesus. So crisis, I repeat, does not end production. It actually begins it. Now, there is a reset to know what is very important to us. What we value most. There is now a wisdom that after this storm is over, people will be serious with work. People will be serious with their God-given gifts and talents and skill set. People will be serious with production. Because we have seen how now food banks in many countries where they are locked down, we have lines of people going to the food banks. Now young men will not shun agriculture. They will not look at agriculture as an old man's uh, occupation. As something dirty. No. Now you have wisdom to know there is money in agriculture, in food production. Now I am praying that Africa, much more Zambia, because you are prophesied over Zambia as a bread basket for the nations. We shall have powerful, creative ingenuities, innovations, creativity in the production of food that we may feed the nations in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the seed was preserved for a new beginning. Now, here's the thing. This is where I'm now going to the message God 
has given me all these years. I've been preaching this and now is the season for it. Every new beginning is a season of contention. I have to repeat that. Every new beginning is a season of contention. There is always something that comes to contend with you when you are about to launch something new. When you are about to start either a project or something. When you are just about to start. There seems to be all kinds of contentions that comes to stop the new beginning. Yeah. Many people say, this is my year. As people were crossing over into 2020, they had crossover times and there was, this is my year. 2020 is my year. And then a global storm hits COVID-19. Some have even lost that confession. It has went off. And now some say, there is no more year. This year is gone. Oh, wait a minute. Was your confession a mental reasoning or it was coming from faith? It is still your year. It's not COVID is year. Do not let COVID-19 rob you of this year. Ah, uh -uh. In Jesus' name. There is still a reset. There is still a new beginning. But a new beginning will come with contentions. This year has been contended so much for the value it has. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? There has been serious contentions over 2020 for the value it has going forward. Because it's a beginning of a new era. It's a beginning of a reset in the nations, in the world. So the enemy will contend with this year so you can lose your footing in this year. Don't give him that time. A new beginning is a season of contentions, I said. But a new beginning is also a time of intensive spiritual warfare with that which is opposed to change. There will be intense spiritual warfare. Now, this is where Noah's new beginning is important. The first thing that Noah does after the quarantine, after the lockdown, let's go to Genesis 8.20. That will help you to understand. The first thing he does in Genesis chapter 8 verse 20 says, And Noah built an altar. Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings. Yes, um, the first important thing that Noah does is to build an altar. After God has protected him in the storm, after God has preserved him in the storm, after God has provided for him during the storm, after God allowed his presence to still be with him in the storm, after God was bringing him now to his new promised land, the first thing when he exits the boat was to still turn to God and build an altar unto God. Now, it takes a new altar to secure a new beginning. I have to repeat that. It takes a new altar to secure a new beginning. We cannot go into a new era 
with that commemorating rating and your order that secures this new era for you. 2020 and the years ahead is a new era. There's a reset in the whole world. And you have to build an altar unto the Lord. For what? For acknowledging his sovereignty. An altar is a place of worship. An altar is a place of making sacrifices. It's a place of death. And yet, it's also a place of a release of new life. An altar is a spiritual infrastructure that connects the environment to the realms of the spirit. I have to repeat that for your understanding. An altar is a spiritual infrastructure that connects the environment to the realms of the spirit or to the supernatural realms. An altar is a powerful, spiritual infrastructure for securing a land and its people. I've been teaching about altars for a long time. So the altar connects your environment to who? To the one you have believed. The one who says he is able. It connects. Every church has an altar. So it connects the environment. But an altar is a power base. But here's the thing about altars. Altars without sacrifices are powerless to manifest what is disconnected. That's why Deuteronomy 16, 16, God says, Do not come to me empty-handed. So people, as they would approach God, they would, they would, they would come with something to offer. In that time, it was different. In our time, we take, you know, whatever prophets have come from our labors. We take that and we go to offer at the altar. Why? What I am offering, my sacrifice, represents my welfare. How things are in my life. And I realize that I can't change so much with my salary or my wages or my income. My income is not enough <laughs> to transform my destiny, to change my life, to empower me for living. It's not enough because your wages or your salary, your income, is what comes from your labor. But it is your faithfulness to God that takes care of your life. So your salary or your wage pays the payment for your labor. But your faithfulness to God is what takes care of your life. So God would want you connected. You cannot isolate yourself. You have to belong to a a home church. I know we are not meeting yet, but you have to belong to a family of God. And it comes by you receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But every place, every church has got an altar, which is a permanent Jesus influence in that territory. And so when I take what belongs to me, I have worked and I'm saying, Lord, 
I'm bringing this. This represents my life, represents the welfare of my life. I'm connecting it at your altar. I'm putting it at your altar. Right? I'm putting it at the altar. The altar connects to the realm of the divine one, of the anointed one, of the supernatural one. That's why when we pray, our Father who art in heaven. So our source is heavenly, is supernatural. So when that which I put at the altar empowers the altar to manifest for me. To release back into my life, to release back into my environment. So I have the endowment of his favor. So that I can have access to the wealth and the resources of the environment. So that the earth can receive my, the soul of my foot wherever the soul of my foot shall step. <laughs> wherever the soles of my foot shall step, that land have I given to you. Well, so that the land where you are can acknowledge and recognize you for inheritance in that land. You are not just passing by the earth without inheritance. No. There is an inheritance in whatever land you are listening me from. Wherever you are, the soul of your foot must be acknowledged by that land. It must recognize the soul of your foot as the the landlord, one who has been given by God an inheritance in it. The land must not vomit you out. The land must not close up to you. It must open up and give you access to the wealth and the resources within the territory. You must have an inheritance within that land in the name of Jesus. And so to, to begin a new beginning, they establish, he established an altar in thanksgiving, in worship to God, in appreciation and celebration of the God of his preservation, of the God of his provision, of the God of his protection, of the God of his mercy, who has remained faithful in the storm and brought him out with his family out of the lockdown, out of the quarantine. The first thing must not be going to the beach. The first thing must be going to the place of the altar of the Lord to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for preserving my life. Thank you for preserving my family. Thank you for the provision during all this time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The first thing must not go to the stadium after the lockdown, the quarantine. The first thing is on your knees to God you pray. On your knees to God you lift your heart and give thanks and praise. After the storm is over, our leaders must bow their knee to God. Altar in their home, altar in White House, altar in State House, altar in the palace to give thanks for the preservation, to give thanks for the provision, to give thanks for the protection. To give thanks for the covering. There must be an acknowledgement. Of the honor. Of creation. And this is where we need to come to. We need to come to that place. Of acknowledging him. Now there is something. That's very important. We are not ending there. 
The altar will demand three things. It will demand your time. It will demand your possession. It will also demand your life. Paul says, Galatians 2.20, It's no longer I that liveth, but the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So when you come to the altar of God, everything that comes to the altar of God, it loses its own life. It loses its claim over things. Ooh. Why? Because the way we are born in the earth must be a lesson. The way we die in the earth must be a lesson. No matter what you accumulate, you were born with nothing. Even when you die, you die with nothing. Probably just one suit. You could have had a whole wardrobe I have seen on social media of challenges with shoes and clothes around and they are making circles and people are accepting challenges. All that is vanity. When you die, nothing remains. Even the one you hated, you will find them wearing your shoes on the street when you are gone. That is vanities of vanities. Because possessions, we don't go with them. Even if they bury you with the BMW you bought, I saw this in some country, where this man died and they buried him with a new brand new BMW. Selfishness, that's loss. He was greedy in life, he's even greedy in death. You'll die with nothing. So the way you are born, you are born alone. No one was born dressed. <laughs> you were never born dressed. Huh? As a baby, you, are, you don't get born dressed. You don't get born in a suit. Ah, these are things we find in the world. Even when you go, you'll go like that. But the most important thing is to understand that your life is no longer your own. In this new reset, in this new era, your life is no longer your own. You belong to God. You are God's instrument in the earth. Secondly, your possessions, even though you enjoy them, let them be for the use of the master. Your time is borrowed time. Today you are here, tomorrow you can go. Even your time must be given to him. This is the requirement of the altar. So a man of the altar, there are many people who have a seat in church but do not have a place at the altar. Probably, that's why maybe God has allowed a shutdown, because we all had a seat in church, but we are never at the altar. You even had your favorite seat in church, but you were never at the altar. <laughs> so God allows a shutdown of everything, everything. No seats in church, nothing. Everyone out, lockdown. Why? It's a new era. It's a new beginning. So before you go to your church next time, make sure that you have a man coming from the altar of God, going to the altar of God, a global or communal altar with the other saints. I would want to see you after this storm in, in church, not just in your seat, but also at the altar, where your life is no longer your own, where your life is invested in that altar of God in the name of Jesus. Matthew 24, Jesus alluded to this. Matthew 24, as I close, Matthew 24, 
verse 37. Matthew. My God, I pray that the Lord is helping you. Matthew 24, verse 37. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus said this. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, listen. I know we are looking at the days of Noah. People were drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. And it was a wicked generation. You don't need to discernment to know that this is obviously wicked times where people are and all kinds of wickedness is happening so I, i'm not focusing on that negative part of what jesus is saying as it was in the day of Noah. what what was in the day of Noah? how was it in the day of Noah? well in the days of noah god gave him a blueprint for his covering god gave him an instruction that to build something that was going to be for his protection for his provision, uh-huh, and for his presence, to carry his presence, built an ark. In the days of Noah, he gave him. In the days of Noah, there was a flood, yes, but that which he built carried him to the promised land. Not only that, if you go back to Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, down was to sum it up, after Noah obeyed and built an altar, my God, as I close, this is what you need to look forward to. As Noah built that ark, that, that altar after the flood, after the storm, as he built that altar and he put sacrifices there, look at God the Father's response to the Son of Covenant. That's why you cannot be a covenant person and not be an altar person. It's impossible. There are people who do not participate in the things that the altar requires. At the altar, there must be prayer. At the altar, there must be praise and thanksgiving. At the altar, there must be sacrifices. Every covenant son of God or child of God must be an altar person, not just a church attender. Ah, covenant altar. Covenant, they go together. Cannot cut covenant without the altar. They are married. They go together. They are paired for production into your life in the name of Jesus. And so, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings and offered burnt offerings there on the altar and the Lord, this is now the response this is what you need to look forward to and the Lord smelled a sweet savour or a sweet aroma you see when you do things the right way God is pleased with you when God is pleased with you, look at the results and the Lord said in his heart, he was swearing to himself, in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done. This is verse 23, is what I love most. And he says, while the earth, re earth remains, 
seed time and harvest. <laughs> Cold and heat. Summer and winter. Day and night shall not cease. Now here's the most important thing. We, we have just been emphasizing, many people emphasize as the day of Noah it was, yeah, 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 there was wickedness, there was all that, that's true, and yes, there is wickedness, and there's all that, yes, that's true, but we have gone into a reset. One of the major things that came out of Noah's obedience after the altar was, was built and the sacrifice was given to connect his new beginning, his new life. After that, God blessed Noah. God, if you went to chapter 9, just a page after, chapter 9, verse 1, and the Bible says, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be fruitful. After the storm, when you raise the altar and you are in thanksgiving as a church, as a family, as an individual, as a leader in your immaculate office, you are thanksgiving, praising, celebrating God's faithfulness for his preservation, for his provision, for his protection, for his wonderful presence that never left you, and for bringing you into the promise as you are blessing and just worshiping. Remember you, if you are born again, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is the altar of God. And, and so as you are blessing God, you must also remember as you do that, what God is invoked and provoked. Ah, it's something that comes as a pleasing aroma from your life. Hey, and what does he do? He blesses your life. For what? For fruitfulness in the new beginning. So this storm is not about your loss. This storm is about your promise. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of how you are seeing things. If you just see loss, even after the storm, all you have is loss. But if you can obey God in the storm, those of you from church, I've been teaching you about the altar. Go back on those messages. But for the rest of us, God wants you to be an altar person, a covenant person. Have your life surrendered at the altar of God. Even as Christ did not resist, he had to go at the altar of Calvary. He freely gave of himself. Freely give of yourself to him who is able to save you, able to deliver you. Give your possessions unto him. Surrender everything. Surrender and say, God, all I have is because of who you are first. And it is your goodness. The breath that I have, the ability to do things, to get all this money and to get all what I have, to even go to work. Others have no job. You have given me. I am now acknowledging you. It's, it's, it's a reset. You are coming back to give him honor, to give him motion. When you do that reset in your life, the next thing that happens is that God begins to bless your life. And the blessing is a spiritual empowerment over your life to cause all things to go progressively forward and to prosper. And the blessing is defined. God did not just bless you. The blessing was defined. He says, and he blessed them and says, be fruitful. So fruitfulness is your portion. This is, I want you to practice that in your way. Fruitfulness is your portion. This storm shall not make you 
Ah. A person of many losses. No. Certain things could have been eliminated in the storm. But you shall be fruitful. That's your faith. I say it to yourself. I will be fruitful. Everything I lay my hands on shall be fruitful. Confess it. I am a fruitful person. This storm is not about loss. It's about promise fulfilled in my life. I look beyond this loss. I look beyond what has been eliminated from my life. And I consider the faithfulness of God that I will be fruitful. So God bless him and says, be fruitful. If God says, be, you are. Don't argue with him. If God said, be, you are. You are already fruitful. You may not see much, but you are already fruitful. Because your future is not outside. Your future is in you. So your future is fruitful. He said, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> and replenish the earth. Ha! Ah, how can I be fruitful? Wait a minute. In the storm, during the storm, God had preserved the seed in Noah. He had paired something so it can produce seed. It is that seed that now was empowered by God to now be fruitful. When you come out of the lockdown, you come out of the quarantine, when all this storm seems to have subsided, huh? may not have completely gone down but has gone to the levels where it's safe for you to come out and not be wet the first thing you have to do is build an altar to the Lord and prepare your heart of sacrifice go to the altar with not empty handed go and lay there and say Father thank you upon this seed is my fruitfulness upon my obedience you see, even when everything is lost, everything is gone, God will still leave you with something. Some people say, I don't have anything. Yeah, even the women, they didn't have what to do. Some of them didn't have the chitengis or the materials to put when Jesus was coming, uh, riding on the donkey. But they looked around, they saw the provision of the trees, the leaves, olive leaves. They went and got the leaves and put the leaves down. Each one of us has something to honor God with. Your gift, your skill, your service, uh, your talent, your time, your possessions, your career. Lay it at the altar for his service. Give him and say, God, for this reset in my life, I am giving you this. Out of what is given, out of what has been preserved, a multiplication begins. So it's not just saying, Lord, multiply me, bless me to multiply me. No, God made sure that he preserved them with something to present at the altar. When he did, upon that which was presented, the blessing of multiplication began. The blessing of fruitfulness Began the blessing of replenishing. There is now no seizing. The seed time is there, but the harvest is there. There is, there is, there is a continual 
reproduction of things that are for your preservation, things that are for your blessing, things that are for your honor, things that are for yourself. God loves you and God cares for you. I am praying for you that in the same way he said to Noah, seed time, listen to me, God is not unfaithful and righteous that he can forget all your righteous works. He remembers that some of you who were sowing seeds, you will now come back with the harvest. Your life was a seed. You served God and you have continued to serve God. So after we have done what we have done, you have contributed to many lives, many good projects, building projects, of the offers and all that. You, you, that was seed time for you. You have been seeding and you didn't see much. But the promise is there is an equal balance to your seed time. Now you must position your heart for the expectation of the harvest regardless of the storm. Ah, because the storm is not determinant of your harvest. It's your seeding. Did you hear what I said? It's not the storm that determines your harvest. It's the seeding. So no matter what the storm has to say, what it has done, your seed time translates to your harvest time. My God. Your seed time has translated to your harvest time. In the name of Jesus. So as you stretch your hands, whatever gadget you are watching me from, we have entered into a reset, not knowing exactly how things will be for your business, your career. I do not want you to have fear. I want you to have a settled heart. I want you to have a settled mind in the peace of the great God, Jehovah. That the author of your covenant that knows your life that has recorded your faithfulness on it, that has always seen your service, that altar shall carry the voice of your blessing. And I declare that the blessing of the Lord in your time of sea time, now the blessing of your harvest comes your way in every possible manner in Jesus' name. I pray that the blessing of God who multiply what is at the altar. The blessing of the Lord will come to empower what has been laid at the altar for multiplication, for fruitfulness, for a replenishing, that you, your storehouses shall not be empty. They shall always be, your bands shall be full, that the nations shall see and shall point fingers at you and say, surely the Lord has done great things for them. No matter what you take out, there will always be something that will be filled. In the same way that the baskets, the empty baskets were replenished, simply because this young boy gave of the loaves and gave of the small fishes to Jesus. What was given in the hands of the altar of the altars was multiplied. It was increased. It was replenished. No matter what they took out, 
there was still something left over. The COVID is not coming to empty your life. It has not come to empty your life. I repeat once again, I can even prophesy to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, COVID-19 will not make you empty in Jesus' name. God remembers your obedience, remembers that you are a child of covenant, that your life is at the altar, remembers the sacrifices and, and your givings, your surrender at the altar of the Lord, at the service of the Lord. He remembers your prayers for others, your intercession for others, your, your heart of giving to those that are less privileged. God remembers all these things are speaking at the altar. May they now create a memorial of remembrance for you in the, this new era to release fruitfulness into your life to release a, a harvest into your life, to release multiplication into your life, and the power of the supernatural to replenish where you are taking out from. And I rebuke every robber, and I rebuke every thief, I rebuke that which wants to empty your life in the name of Jesus, and I pray now there is a memorial of remembrance, there is an ordination that has been formed where things will relate with you, things will, will save you after the manner of blessing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So build that altar of thanksgiving. There is an instruction from God. There is something God gave you. You built it up. That is, that is the business of your provision. The business of your protection. The idea of your provision. The idea of your protection. The idea... Huh? Of your preservation. In it is the presence of God. And I bless you and I declare the goodness of God that surpasses our understanding. Be with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.